Hi, this is Tom Spiggle with the Parents at Work podcast. Just a brief note about this episode. Unfortunately, we learned after recording it that my microphone was not working correctly. Uh, As a result, the audio on my end is not as clear as it could be, though you you can hear me. So I apologize for the quality of the audio on my end. Fortunately, the most important part, Ari's microphone was working just fine. So you can hear what he says clearly. So put up with uh, with my poor audio and you'll get some great information from Ari and his. Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for the modern parent working in the modern world. Join us as we interview leading experts in their fields to unveil the secrets working parents need to succeed at work. Welcome to the Parents at Work podcast, the podcast for parents who still want to excel at work even though they've got small children or children at all. This is sponsored by the Spiegel Law Firm, where we represent folks who have been fired or afraid they might be. We have a soft spot in our hearts for those suffering from pregnancy or other types of family responsibilities discrimination. And today, I am thrilled to have with us Ari Mizell, who has, it's going to be difficult to introduce Ari because you do so much, so much. But I, I first heard of you from your book, The Art of Less Doing, One Entrepreneur's Formula for a Beautiful Life. And then I am also a client of a business that you started called Get Leverage, which connects people with a, a host of different you know, contractors and uh, folks that can do pretty much anything. So I've had you guys help me find speakers. I've helped you guys have helped me uh, you know, design PDFs, a, a number of different different sorts of things. So that's how I know you are. But I will kick it over to you and let you tell folks what you do and what you're up to now. Yeah, sure. So I've been in the productivity space for probably all, about a decade now. And I created a system productivity called Less Doing, which was set up to help people optimize, automate, and outsource everything in their lives in order to be more effective. And then I was teaching and consulting and speaking around the world on that topic. And about two years ago, I co-founded a company called Leverage, as you mentioned, with a partner at the time. And we grew the company very, very quickly from literally nothing. We didn't put a single penny into it to a team of 200 people in 17 time zones doing over a thousand hours of work every week for over 500 clients. And then about three weeks ago, I stepped away from that company and got back to focusing on less doing. So basically helped to grow that company really rapidly and set it up on a good path. And then got back to focusing on what I really love, which is working with people and helping businesses and individuals really take things to the next level and be more effective. And at the end of the day, reclaim their time. Well, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And where can folks find you? I assume you have a website and all that good stuff. Yes, so lessdoing.com is where everything is about me and my the blog, and I have a, a podcast as well called the Less Doing Podcast, and written books and have various services. We have a membership site, we have a mastermind program, coaching program, so it's all there. Yeah, and you have a number of good uh, YouTube videos that, I, that I've seen too, and we'll put all that in the, in the show notes. Well, listen, I, I think you will be a big help to a lot of folks who are listening to the podcast. As you probably know, one of the reasons that I started started the podcast is my own experience with 
trying to to have a law practice and later my my own law firm while having well now four kids probably trying to do well no, no question I was trying to do too much myself and really burning the candle at both ends with probably predictable consequences to my health and and otherwise. So that's really, you know, I started the podcast not because I have answers to that, because it's, you know, I think we've reached sort of an unfortunate zeitgeist where a lot of people are experiencing that. You know, the pressures of having, you know, the the expectations of what we can do and should do for our children, you know, uh, providing not only for their physical, but for their mental health with, in, in many respects, at least a lot fewer traditional resources in, in terms of not only time, but family network. So you have a lot of parents trying to trying to do it on their own. I, I know you have children. What, what can you tell us? I mean, do you use any of the lessons from your, that you've learned you know, from less doing in your family life? And if so, how? Yeah, of course. Well, so first of all, I have four children as well. So I have a five-year-old twin, two, uh, sorry, twin four-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old girl. So the first three, are, first three are boys. And well, first of all, it's, it helps to become real clear on like what you want to do and what you're doing things for. And I, I, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I'm very, very involved. And I, pick, I take them to school every morning. I pick them up from school every day. And then I'm usually working while they're at school. And one thing is that it's, I'm very big on compartmentalization. I don't believe in a work-life balance. I think it's more of a work-life integration. And we all have sort of personas that we take when we're working in different modes. And being able to switch very quickly between those and making that very clear cut, I think, is very important. So uh, when I'm working from you know the nine, basically nine to three while they're at school, like it's it's pretty intense back-to-back meetings nonstop. And then when I pick them up, like I off the phone, I'm not working for the next you know five or six hours. Sometimes where then might be able to check in on it again. But being able to really, it, it's not about being present to me because I certainly get lots of great business ideas while I'm playing with my kids. But just having that separation where like I know sort of what mode I'm in, which is something I always find very important. But then I also we do a lot of automation stuff in our home and outsourcing as much as we can. But one of the biggest things for me is idea capture. So I'm like, I'm, I'm obsessive about idea capture and being able to get ideas out of my head as quickly as possible because I recognize that there is a different time for you to come up with ideas and a very different time than there is for you to process those ideas. It's a very, very important distinction. And as an entrepreneur or as a as a just a human being, we get ideas all the time. And a lot of people run into the problem where they try to hold on to ideas for too long or they try to work on them right away and then they end up getting lost. So having some way of having idea capture wherever you are and whatever you're doing is hugely important. And that could be something low tech like having post-it notepads around your house. Or in our case we have, you know, the Amazon Alexa at in two places in our house. So if I'm changing a diaper, I can still say, you know, Alexa, remind me to do this or make a trouble card for this. And it's very freeing and it allows me to very quickly go back to doing whatever I need to be doing without having to deal with the sort of new idea at the time. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Trello. Um, not everybody may be familiar with that. What's uh, what's Trello? Uh, so Trello is a free project management tool that, in my opinion, is the best one out there, and it's the most flexible. It allows you to manage projects, tasks. You can just, you can even use it to organize your DVD collection if you wanted to. So it's it's uh, it's really important. I use it for for business stuff, for personal stuff. Our, our honey do list is on Trello. I mean, it's a great great system, and you can automate things in and out of it as well. And you can obviously, it sounds like you, you connect it with Alexa, so you can give it verbal. Exactly. 
So how do you, I'd like to talk more about you know, personal auto, uh, automation that you do, you know, things that most families struggle with, you know, grocery shopping, uh, getting you know, food on the table, you know, basic, you know, some kind of do list, you know, basic chores around the around the house, whether it's changing a light bulb or getting your, your, your lawn taken care of. What do you, how do you handle those tasks and what kind of automation tips do you have? So there's a couple of different approaches here. So one, we actually do a lot of that kind of stuff ourselves. And I actually do think that there's, there's certain value in doing some of those more manual things yourself in, in certain situations. So for example, like we don't have a housekeeper and it's not because we wouldn't like to, it's mostly because with four kids, if we, we paid a housekeeper to come in about seven seconds after he or she left, the house would be a mess again and it would be very frustrating. So it, it, it's funny, actually, sort of a tangent, but the best example I can give it is I used to work uh, one summer, I worked for Estee Lauder and Ron Lauder, who's, uh, you know, a well-known philanthropist and very wealthy, was traveling a lot and he was using private jet server. And he has the wealth. So I was with his, uh, just happened to be with his assistant one day and she was booking a net jet plane for him. And for those who don't know, net jet is a fractional ownership. So you, you pay, you know, several hundred thousand dollars and you get access to, you know, 20 hours or 40 hours in a private plane. And I asked her, I was like, I didn't understand why he didn't own his own plane. It seemed like a naive question, I guess. But she was like, well, it's because he flies so much that one crew in one plane couldn't keep up with it. And he could be in three countries in one day. So that was very interesting to me. It's like you, you, you use something so much that you actually need to have multiple providers giving you service. And that's kind of how I feel with some of these things that we do. So with four kids, a dog, two cats, me and my wife, like we would need like two full-time maids living with us to basically make use of a maid service. So we don't have that. <laughs> I can you got me beat by two cats. I've got the four kids and the dog and the wife, but but not the two cats. So, so and and then also there's there's all sorts of funny research studies about how like washing dishes is the gateway to mindfulness meditation and stuff. So we end up doing a lot of those things ourselves, but having routines in place, having a process in place with those kind of things it certainly helps. Um, grocery delivery though is a big one. So we live in New York, so we fortunately have access to all sorts of great services, one of which is Amazon Fresh. And Amazon Fresh has a, you can get a physical device where you can either do a voice recording or scan a barcode of something that you need. So as soon as the, you know, the milk runs out, you scan the barcode and throw it out. As soon as like you run out of the apples, you just say like, you know, green apples and it adds it to your list. And then you can have an automation so that a, a virtual assistant every three days goes in and, you know, completes the order that's in the cart and then your groceries just show up. So there's all sorts of ways, but it, it, the whole less doing framework is to optimize, automate, and outsource. And that means you look at the process first, look at how you're doing things, then you look at how you can automate, and then at that step, you look at outsourcing. But that optimization is really important. Everything we do from at home, you know, from laundry to how we get kids to and from activities in school to clothing to, you know, Halloween costume preparation, which is what we're in the midst of right now, there's a process to it. And you, it, it becomes a lot less overwhelming if you actually stop and identify what some of those steps are. That's, that's fascinating because I'm also in the midst of Halloween, or mostly my wife, Halloween costume preparation, and we very much don't have a process 
give us a sense. I mean, how do you do that? Like, do you, you know, do you do like let's take the Halloween costumes. Do you do it low tech? Do you do it with Trello? Like, do you and your wife sit down and have weekly meetings to come up with these processes? How do you? What's your process for coming up with processes? Um, so anything that happens more than once <laughs> is pretty much an opportunity to be looking at how we might be able to optimize the process. So we look at things that are repetitive. That's that's the easiest sort of low hanging fruit. And then the, the next one is just things that like clearly are taking your time, like a lot of time. And that at the end of the day, some of the best ones. I feel like this, as a parent, some of the best places to figure out where you need to look at processes are the things that you forget to do and you kind of remember right before you went to bed. Meaning like, oh, I forgot to put the dog out. You know, like, oh, gosh, I forgot to make the kids snacks for tomorrow. Oh, they, uh, you know, I didn't put the dishes away. I didn't put the food away from dinner or something like that. All of those things, it sounds really simple, but I actually have a checklist written out for what I need to do at the end of the night. Because nothing else, it makes your marriage better, sure. And I'm always, I'm a big believer that control is the antidote to stress. And when you identify these issues, a lot of that is really, it's giving yourself some semblance of control over the situation. So I find that to be really, really important. And so for things like, I'm just, you know, just, just curious about, you know, how people do this. Do you... For your you know, for your checklist, let's say, do you have like a printout? Like, do you put it on your bathroom mirror? Like, what is your? So, I actually do have that in Trello, believe it or not. So, in Trello, you can make a card, and on that card, you can actually create a checklist. And then I have a Trello has an auto repeater function, so I can actually have it show up. I think I have it show up at like nine o'clock every night or something. And then so I can go through it and actually check it off, which is really uh, satisfying. And I know that that sounds like maybe it sounds like overkill to people, but again, it's like it's very satisfying. You know that nothing was missed, and you don't have to like think about it. And then what you what you then start to learn is once you write out like the eight things that you want to do before you go to bed, then you can start playing around with the order, and then you can start actually optimizing and be like, oh, well, maybe it makes more sense if I you know do the dishes and then I do that. Like there's, there's ways to then start hacking it. And then you can look at ways to automate things. Um, and there may be, you know, like if you have to, I'm not thinking of a good example, but like if you need, like for actually for our case, like we do, we, I have to make snacks for the kids every night. And so we, and with three boys, it, you go through things pretty quickly. Like Costco is barely enough for us. So you can start to automate some of those things, meaning like, you know, you, you, you know that you go through this, like the pretzel sticks, like every, you know, week or so. So just have that start to show up. So if you see like, I have to do the kids' snacks, and then if you want to be even more helpful, you can say like, here's seven different options that you might use to do the kids' snacks and write those on the Trello card. And then you can start to figure that out. Okay, well, this is one item that I always want to have on hand. And then you decide that, okay, I'm going to have that automatically delivered. So it all sort of like branches off of that. And it becomes really kind of fun, honestly. And then again, you're controlling. Right. And then what kind of, I think you mentioned that you do a lot of, you know, your home tasks yourself for, for all the reasons you lay out. But what kind of things do you, you know, the shopping you mentioned, what, do you outsource things for your, for your home life? Or is that what so, no, so we, yeah, we do a lot on this show. We do have a dog walker because that's one thing that it just, there's just never seems to be enough time of the day. And it's like, you almost start to feel like bad that the dog can't go out. So we have a dog walker and we have occasional people who can help us with the kids. There's a 14 year old girl that lives in our building who's like one of the best babysitters we've ever had. 
But so it, it's kind of like more of an ad hoc basis of things. But when I have big things going on, like big projects that are physical projects, like when we moved, which we've done a few times actually in the last couple of years, or if we're having a party or something like that, then I'll bring in someone from like TaskRabbit. I get, I, at one time I had nine people from TaskRabbit for one thing helping us at the same time. So on-demand labor is the, the key. TaskRabbit is kind of out of curiosity. What oh, kind of yeah, Boston Terror. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was probably playing playing yeah, well, see, and there's another thing. So, like, he, my, my Boston Terrier has a pituitary gland thing, an illness, so he takes a pill every day. So, like, that medicine is on auto ship now, you know, so, like, it's just always there. And so is their food. We go through quite a bit of dog food and cat food. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I can imagine. So, do you yes, have that delivered? Absolutely. Do you use Amazon, well, Amazon Fresh to do that, or do you use, like, Petco or another service? Uh, I think it's Chewy.com is what we use. Okay. Right. No, we, we, we got a dog about six months ago, and he has grown bigger than we expected, and he's quite a bit, so I'm just curious about what kind of pet delivery <laughs> services there are. As bag of dog food, I get, get heavy to lug around after a while. Well, listen, I, you know, one thing that, you know, I certainly know your story, but some of the people listening may not. Tell us how you came to this, how you came to outsourcing and automating and what in your life process? So, yeah, basically, 2006, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, uh, which is a chronic inflammatory condition that affects the digestive tract. And I was uh, severely debilitated by it and got to a situation where I was very limited in the amount of work I could possibly get done in a given day. So, after a really low point in the hospital, I, I started this journey of self tracking and self experimentation, and I was able to overcome the illness and get off my meds. And a big part of that was developing this system of productivity less doing because I recognized that stress was a large part of what was going on with my body. And in order to deal with the stress aspect, I needed to come up with a systematic way of mitigating and controlling that stress, which is really the genesis of less doing. Got it. And let me ask you, you, you know, you talked kind of the things that you do within your household. And I know your, your kids are a little young, for this, but do you are, are are you teaching them any more skills? Are they doing? Are they a part of this process? No, they're a little young. You know, people have asked me that before. I, I I don't. You know, it's funny. You see different personalities in your kids so early, and I don't know. I, I have a feeling that one of them is going to be the mindset to want to do that kind of stuff, but I'm not sure about the others. <laughs> so I don't get them in that mindset. I mean, we do. To me, like self awareness is a really big part of us. So teaching them that as much as we can but again they are they are very young I remind myself every day yeah yeah right yeah you got you got a little ways you know, there's a I don't know if you've seen it some of the similar ideas that you were talking about apply to family life the secrets of happy families no I haven't. you've seen that book it's a great book. It's the secret secret to happy families. Uh, I wish I could remember the author's name New York Times bestseller he's a he, I think he, he might write for the Times he's a reporter but, you know, basically the book was he has, you know, two young kids and, you know, he and his wife work and, and he's like, how to, basically it's like, I want to know how people do this. You know, is there a better way to run a household? And he interviewed a bunch of different, uh, not therapists, but like just different, you know, financial advisors, you know, business people um, to kind of get a sense of, is there a, a better way to do this? And, and one of the things was which was fascinating was oh, it's, it's, there's some method that they use in software, software development. It's a particular kind of planning that's got a name. But anyway, there's this guy who wrote a white paper, who wrote, wrote a white paper about how he used this with his family. And 
agile. Agile, I think, is the name of the, 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 the method. And, and as I understand, the agile method is that, you know, for years in the software development, you know, way back when, when it was, you know, we didn't have software as service and all that, but it was top down. You know, like people would, you know, the software development companies like, this is the idea and we want you guys to execute it. And it wouldn't work so well. And eventually somebody came up with an agile management where a lot of the details were delegated down to small pods or teams within the company. And they had a method for you know, brainstorming ideas and solving or problem solving. And this guy applied it to his, to his family. Again, his children are, are, are older. But the idea, since it was, to, to your point about the checklist, like, you know, like, we would sit down and have family meetings and talk about, you know, what was not getting done and allow the kids to participate about, you know, what kind of solutions there should be. And then the other piece of it was just having a simple checklist. Like, every morning, you know, these are, these are the things that, you know, you have to do before you go out the door and then training the kids to do it. You know, we tried it to varying degrees of success in my own household, but he tells a story that just made me swoon. Uh, this woman just sitting there drinking her coffee while her kids, you know, just went and checked the checklist about unloading the dishwasher, packing the lunches, getting things together. You know, because otherwise you just find yourselves like having to, you know, harangue your kids to get these school things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of that is funny. The part of it is so much of it is just patience. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, patience and, and being, you know, to what you were talking about, being mindful about what steps you were taking over and over each day. And trying to form a habit, a habit of that. Well, tell us, um, you know, tell us about what you're working on now. What are you uh, less excited doing, about? All less doing. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm super excited about what I'm working on now. I have a very, very small team of amazing people with me, and we are focusing on my elevating my speaking work and my consulting, and then they're also helping with consulting as well. I really want to just produce content. That's my goal. What I want to be doing. So we're we're creating a, a sort of ecosphere around me and Less Doing to be able to do that as much as possible. Yeah, and also we have this membership site, the, the Less Doing Labs, which has about 800 members in it, and my goal is to double that by the end of the year. That's a big push right now. And somebody would join that. What kind of, what kind of person should join that? Really anybody. I mean, we have students in there. We have retirees in there. That We have founders of big companies and employees and the like and single mothers and lawyers, real estate brokers, finance people, everybody. And it's all productivity all the time. So I'm just producing a ton of content for there. I just got off doing this thing called Process Hacker Live where I... Uh, on a live webinar, I built out an actual automation process for people that can get them free press for their business while they're sleeping, which I thought was pretty cool, and using an artificial intelligence engine. So it just it's $47 a month, and people get in there, and they can see over 100 hours of videos and interact with lots of people with similar problems to them and learn and be more effective. Is that that's the membership side, or that's something separate? That's the membership side. That's the Less Doing Labs I see. So forty-seven dollars a month, and then you get access to the videos. And you said they're they're I guess you know, listservs or or chat groups or. Well, it's all in Slack. Actually, it's all in Slack. So I, I do webinars. I, I answer people's questions. Other people interact in there and get recommendations. When it's, it's been really, it's been a really good community. That's fascinating. Do you? I'm curious. Do you have any? Um, People who come with parenting issues, or yeah, there's there's, there's actually a productive parenting channel in the Lestering Lab. So, oh, okay. Well, so this is that's right in the, right in right in our, our wheelhouse, and you deal with these sorts of issues that we're talking about here. That's right. That's fantastic. Is that is that also just a part of the basic membership, or is that separate? That no, that's part. That's all included in the uh, the basic membership. 
Okay. Well, there you go. I'm going to go look at, it, look at it right after I get out this podcast. And uh, are, do you see – are you personally involved in that? Or I am very much personally involved in that. It's, my, it's my main, one of my main focuses. Yeah. Wow. Do you see repeat issues come up there? Repeat issues like themes, like people like, you know, people experiencing the same sorts of problems, same pain points. Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, there's, there's so much psychology that I see going into people's ability to be more or less productive or effective. And so the issues, I mean, parenting issues have its own sort of nuances, but they're, they're all very similar. You know, there's control issues or trust issues or insecurity and value issues. And they all sort of play out in different ways in terms of our ability to focus or, or get things done and stay motivated. I see. And then these, these folks would be on a separate Slack channel to be able to speak with each other? Yes. Yeah, Slack's an amazing tool we're using within, within the firm. I, I could see how that would be, that would be very, very useful. Any, anything else that, you know, like key things in terms of how you run your own household or what you're doing in that channel that you think will be useful for folks to know? Um, I do think that having a virtual assistant service at your disposal is a really good tool for people. The problem with outsourcing in general is that a lot of people tend to outsource first, and that's why most of them have bad experiences, because they, they give an inefficient problem to somebody else to do, and that doesn't make it more efficient. But if you have it at your disposal, it's really nice to be able to offload a bunch of stuff at the end of the night, like before you're going to bed, or just shoot off some ideas and know that somebody else is going to be working on it. You know, so and what, it doesn't matter which service you end up using, but I, I think that getting in that habit of like, even if it's simple things like a doctor's appointment, just like taking one thing off your plate that you just don't have to think about, I think is really important. Right. So I get like leverage would be what kind of service you could use where you just that's what you would enter. Like Absolutely. somebody, somebody make a doctor's appointment for me tomorrow. Yeah, it is amazing how much those little things do drain you. Um, yeah, and if you can have somebody to handle those appointment making is a perfect one to you know, do the phone work for you. you know, that's, that's fantastic to get that off your plate. For the, for the parents that you see joining your group, I guess you're all ages of kids or is it mostly skewed to young kids? No, all over the map. All over the map. I mean, we have somebody in there with nine kids, age 27 to four. So, Wow. What, what kind of issues, one of the things that we're dealing with now, now their kids are getting a little older for, you know, getting them to various different events, you know, it's a, it, that alone could be a full-time job. You see folks come up with creative solutions. Like I know, I think Uber, as Uber some, one of the services was coming out with a, basically a shuttle service for older kids. You deal with those sorts of issues? Yeah, of course. And I, it, yeah, I forgot what it's called actually, but there's a couple of things that do that. There's carpooling, like nanny solutions now too. That's a that's a big one. Yeah, mo- moving kids around is always like something that comes up a lot. Most most efficient yeah. routing. I mean, yeah. you know, it's funny actually. There are like like companies like UPS, you know, and FedEx and, and Uber uh, use very very sophisticated systems for route optimization like it's a very big thing like in the case of ups you know making like one less turn for all their trucks could mean you know they save a million gallons of fuel every year but there's actually several free web services that allow you to do very similar levels of route optimization and depending on how many activities are involved and it's it's actually something worth looking at yeah no i i wasn't aware of that i would say that would make make a big big difference what about you know one thing i was talking about with another guest the other day was obviously childcare is always an issue, but particularly if you are, you know, working a variable schedule, but particularly if you need part-time, you know, childcare. I mean, obviously you can, you know, you can, you can do the old school method, which is of course fine, you know, find, 
you know, somebody in the neighborhood, you know, or a college student, you know, care.com is, is good for that, you know, to help you find, you know, just the after school kind of care. Any other thoughts on that or any other solutions you see people come up with? I think I think daycare programs are so much better than, than nannies, honestly. They're way more flexible. They're, they're a lot cheaper. They get the social interaction. They get, um, you, you know, you get a couple months of a kid who's sick with every possible cold virus there is, and then they're, like, immune forever. We've always found daycare to be such a better solution for us and for, for our kids. I'm a huge fan of that. To me, a nanny, I mean, there's certain situations where a nanny is going to make a lot more sense, um, but in some ways it becomes like a proxy for you, right? So unless you're doing it so that you can get work done at home while somebody's watching your kid, or if you don't have access to some sort of daycare program, then that's that's one thing. But for us personally, the, the daycare option has always been great. Yeah, I guess that's right, because it does give you a lot of flexibility and you can, you know, use it use it as you need. Yeah. Well, listen, this, is, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Anything else we haven't talked about you think would be good for our listeners or, or anything else about you or where they can find you that you think folks should know? Well, I mean, as you asked before, you know, if they go to lessdoing.com, they can sign up for my newsletter there and get the first two chapters of the Art of Less Doing book for free right away. So I think that's a, that's a cool way to sort of get started with things. And I'd love for people to check out the Less Doing Labs, which they can find on lessdoing.com. Yeah, no, I'm excited about that. I wasn't aware there was a parenting channel. And it's a fabulous book. I would highly recommend it to uh, to anybody who's interested, who is doing too much, who are probably, you know, you talk to any parent, that's probably any parent you can think of. Well, Ari, I really appreciate you coming on the show and wish you the best of luck and good luck with the kiddos. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Parents at Work podcast. Are you interested in learning more about our show, our hosts, or today's guest? Do you have a comment or question you'd like to share with the Parents at Work community? Then contact us at www.spigglelaw.com slash podcast. We'll see you next time.